Hey, welcome to the Rave Podcast. I'm the founder and host, Lamont Hall, aka The God Seeker. Rave is a platform developed to address issues surrounding church, Christianity, and godly living. We are in a society that provides many alternatives to the Word of God. Our hope is that Rave will provide the necessary essentials to help believers rightly divide the Word of Truth. We will be transparent in our discussions so that our listeners are encouraged, uplifted, and enlightened. We will use God's word as the foundation of our discussions and to support all matters discussed here. So thanks for tuning in and remember, rejoice, adorate, venerate, and exalt the true and living God. Many blessings. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Rave Podcast. This is your host, Lamont Hall, the God Seeker. Hope everybody had a great Christmas holiday, uh, had opportunity to spend time with family, friends, opportunity to, to eat a lot, maybe um, visit different people, but also had a chance to really think about the real true meaning of Christmas, and which is, uh, which is Jesus Christ. Knowing that he saved us, he gave us an opportunity to have to seek him and also have a right to the tree of life. Today, we would like to talk about something that most of us can, can relate to, uh, rerouting. Being rerouted, maybe turning a different direction. The dictionary um, term for reroute is to send someone or something by or along a different route. Uh, there are a lot of other terminologies for it, uh, similar words, um, is divert, switch, turn, deflect, deviate, avert, swing, wheel, fear, and even whip. These are some different words that are used when we talk about the word reroute or rerouting. Rerouting is something that most of us can understand, can relate to. At times in our lives, we've had to be rerouted. Our um, former direction or former path that we were on wasn't really panning out, so we had to do something a little different. Um, Whether it was college, maybe uh, a relationship, maybe a job, maybe um, a partnership, just something changed and we had to change directions. And and that's okay because sometimes changing directions is better for our growth, growing both spiritually and physically. Sometimes we have to be rerouted so we can really grow into who we really are. Children have to maybe leave home sometimes when you don't want to go, but your parents kind of say, okay, it's time to go. You know, have to break the plate, quote unquote, or, or clip the wings so they can be rerouted and they can actually go into a direction that's going to benefit them in the long run. Not that you don't love them, but sometimes they have to have to go that way. But but today we're going to talk about rerouting because most of us as Christians, a lot of us as Christians, matter of fact, young Christians, people that are just getting into Christianity, learning the Bible, maybe walk, step out on your own, maybe in ministry, whatever it is, we are veered or set a, set on a, a route or directions and sometimes it changes. And just three things I would like to talk about that may change, help change direction or may change directions for us. And, and we don't realize it. One is communication. One is resource and one is fear. Communication, not having all the information, not knowing where to get the information from. 
or somebody giving you some information that's going to um, impact you down the road. Resources, not having the resources, maybe having too many resources, maybe um, not utilizing your resources in a way that you should. Those things can help can, can reroute you sometimes. But also fear. Fear is probably the number one kicker when it comes to being rerouted. Some of us will stay on a certain course that's not good for us because of fear. But some of us will jump off course because of fear as well. So let's dive into this. The first thing is communication. And I would like for us to go to um, to Matthew, Matthew 2. And I think this is, uh, is really good being that it was Christmas and we just celebrated Christmas. So Matthew 2, and this is, I'm reading out of the... The New Translation, New Living Translation uh, Bible. And 2, starting at verse 7, it says, Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me, so I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over a place where they, where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary and bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave them gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it came to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return there. Going on to verse 13. After the wise men were gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. And the angel said, stay there until I tell you return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So that's one, one way of being rerouted. Communication. God communicated that relationship that Joseph had with God. And, and the relationship that the three wise men being able to listen and, and trust the the information that you're getting had the three wise men not listened and didn't fear God they would have went on and told Herod where, where Jesus was and we already know that it was already predestined so but sometimes we don't utilize the communication that we get uh, things are out there for us and because of that um we don't we have that lack of knowledge and um you know sometimes that knowledge help, helps us to rightly divide the word of truth and because of that we don't have we don't get the knowledge or we don't utilize the tools we have to get the knowledge and to communicate that effectively or have it communicated to us effectively either in the church either at home by friends through reading um through information you may get online so sometimes we get um a sense we, well, we don't get the right inf- we don't get the right variation of what God is trying to to say to us and because of that we go in a direction or we get off track but God wants us to be routed in a way that's going to be pleasing to him we uh you may go off to college you may be want to be um say a doctor or a lawyer and but you want God to use you and sometimes God may call you into something else and we all we get frustrated because well God I wasn't expecting this but in the long run we find out that that was the best thing for us. The next thing is resource. Resource is something that a lot of us um, we tend to 
to either utilize too much or not enough. Sometimes we have too much and it becomes bad for us. Sometimes we don't have enough and it becomes bad for us. And so as young Christians, that's probably one of the, the other challenges that we deal with. Wanting to have a lot of money, wanting to be um, famous or wanting to be popular. A lot of that stuff. And we always say that, man, if I had a, this amount of money, if I had enough money, I can do this. I'm led to believe that enough money is never enough money. Sometimes we can have all we want and we still asking for for more. Um, one of the the greatest stories, I think, that really shows us how money and how um, aspiration can sometimes trick us into living a lifestyle that's not pleasing for God nor us. Um, again, this is the New Living Translation, and this is going to be out of... Um, Luke chapter 15, start at verse 11. To illustrate this point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted his money uh, in wild living. So, Many of us have been there. Many of us may not have gone to our parents, but may have treated our lifestyle as if we're going to get everything we can get right now because we feel like we want it before we die or we want it before somebody else get it. We take it and we'll go out and we'll, we'll enjoy life. We'll do what we like to do. And we, and it's good. We, we do that. We enjoy it. But at some point it runs out. And for this young man, it said he wasted his money on wild living. I think the King James Version says riotous living, which is wild, just not thinking it all the way through, not being um, wise with your spending, wise with the people you deal with. And, and that's something that we deal with a lot because sometimes our friends are the friends that we really want. We, we like being around them. They bring something to the table that we don't have. But we, if you ever asked us, we probably can't really tell you what it is. Well, hey, man, um, why are you friends with such and such or or so and so? Well, man, I'm friends with them because, man, we've been friends all our life. But but why? What what do they bring to the table? You know, sometimes you got to realize it might be what you're bringing to the table. You may be friends with them only because of what you can provide them. And you like how it, how it feels and how you feel providing it. So this young man, he spent all his money on righteous living or wild living. Then it says um, about the time his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. So we'll spend all our money. We'll go out and we'll enjoy life. And we're not saying don't don't enjoy life, but we're saying be mindful of the things that you may enjoy or you may overindulge in too many things. And sometimes when you do that, the money will run out and a famine will occur. And that famine may not be something of what they may have seen then, but it may be just a famine on a job. Overtime may stop. Maybe a famine at home where you may go through a, a nasty divorce and you may have to pay out or you may have a lot of issues that come on that happen at home that you have to pour your money into. So this young man spent his money and, and as young people, as young Christians, we have to navigate our, our, our lives through that. How do we know what is worth spending this time or putting this, devoting this time or this money into what? 
what's going to actually produce down the road that's going to allow us to survive, quote unquote, a famine. So it says. Um, it says he per persuaded a local farmer to hire him and um, the young man be became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So this young man, when he came to his senses, he realized that his father's hired servants had enough to spare. But he was eating the pods or Design the pies that he was feeding the pigs. Sometimes we will get so far into whatever it is that we have made made so important to us that even the things that at one time were not good for us, things that we knew that weren't good for us, start to look good. We often get pulled out into um, a lot of things that just really don't benefit the body nor the soul, but it starts to look good because it's just a trick. The enemy has tricked us into believing that we're no longer worthy because we've fallen into this rut. But the father says otherwise because it says when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, uh, at home, even the hired servants have uh, food enough to spare. So he'll go home. Then he says, um, so it says in verse 20, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. His sons um, said to him, father, I have sinned against both heaven and, and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to his servant, quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf. We have been. Uh, fatting we must celebrate the feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life so that's what god desires for us he desires for us when we come to our senses and we come back to god no matter where we are no matter what position we're in what place we're in we come back god never comes to us and say why did you leave what happened you know you owe me this you took all my money he don't do us like that god says i love you i want you back and i want to give you the best that I've always had stored up for you. I've got the fatted calf ready for you. Everything that was yours is still yours. Yeah, you and we wasted that money. I can't get it back, but the love is still there and that love is unconditional. So the last thing is fear. Fear is something that that plagues all of us at some point in our life. Fear comes in to cause us to doubt and to not trust. I heard this acronym for fear. It's a uh, false evidence about reality. And that's what fear does. One, um, one scripture I'm going I'm to read about fear. And it's one passage that we all are, we all familiar with. And, and this is in Matthew, Matthew 26, Matthew 26, so in the verse 31. And, um, it says, one way Jesus told them, tonight all of you will desert me. For the scripture says, God will strike the shepherd 
and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, even if everyone else desert you, desert you I will never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all disciples vowed the same. Most of us have been there. And this is where the fear thing comes in. We, we've been there. We'll tell people, man, I got your back, dude. You know, it's a, uh, trust me, you can, you can count on me. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. Um, I never turn on you. But it's amazing what happens when fear creeps in, when when the person isn't there in your presence or the person that you gen generally relied on isn't there. Sometimes fear has a way of creeping in. And that's why it's good for us to study the word of God, you know, to show ourselves approved for uh, we can rightly divide that word of truth. So Peter was adamant. Oh, God, no, I got you, Jesus. I got you. I'm going to make sure if anything happens, even if I have to die for you. And Jesus told him that you would you would deny me. So the scripture goes on and uh, picks up in verse 69. It says, meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside the courtyard. And this is after they have come in and got Jesus. And they uh, they took him to. Um, they were taking him to, um, to get ready to process of being crucified and trying to. Um, build a case on him it says meanwhile peter was sitting outside the courtyard a servant girl came over and said you were one of those with G with uh jesus the galilean but peter denied it from the front of in front of everyone i i don't know what you're talking about he said later out by the gate another servant girl noticed him and said those standing around this man was with jesus of nazareth again peter denied it the time uh this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell uh, by your Galilean accent. Peter swore a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know a man. And immediately the cock crew. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed uh, through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crow, you would deny three times that you even know me. And he went away weeping bitterly. So Peter was assured in his and not and he was assured in his own self that he wouldn't do that. He said, no, not me. But most of us have said that before. No, not me. I will never deny Jesus. I won't deny his word. And whenever we don't uh, walk in his way, we we're denying something. And And Peter did that but we know the story that jesus called for peter after he returned he called for peter because he wanted peter to know that i know the fear that's that's attached to sin i know the fear that's attached to the flesh and because of it i came to overcome that but peter just felt within himself you know i can do that and some things that we can't do some things we don't have the strength to do and ourselves that's why we have to continue to lay before god and as young christians we're always we're often challenged with that because man what if i fall what if i fall what if i fall i mean we know the scripture says tells us just get back up because if you don't know anything else remember that jesus loves you god loves you loves you beyond whatever situation you're in you know i don't care how long you've been there 
how often you go there. I really believe that if we continue to pursue a relationship with God, to get to know him, get in his word, get in prayer, all the other stuff will fall off. Don't try to change on your own. Don't try to say, well, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing that. No, just say, I'm going to start reading his word. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start maybe listening to a podcast. I'm going to start, you know, watching it on television and really um, commit myself to that. Opening my heart to that, opening my mind to that. And God will come in and he will bless you in so many ways. And after a while, all that stuff will fall off. It will fall off. And before it's all said and done, you'll be walking a new light and you'll be like what he told Nicodemus, you know, for um, <clears throat> Nicodemus said, well, can a man be made new when he is old? You know, can he go back into his mother's womb? He said, no. Jesus says, no. You know, just got to believe, you know, believe in God. Believe in Jesus the Christ and uh, and you can be made whole. We can all be made whole. And so just remember, there's nothing too hard for God. God wants to reroute us when we're off course. But when we're on course, we got to be careful not to be rerouted into other places and other things. So thanks again for joining in. We appreciate it. We uh, we definitely um, appreciate your uh, your listening and and. I pray that God would just go with each and every one of us. He would go with each and every one of you. Continue to seek him out and continue to to honor his word, walk in his word, trust his word, and know that he is a true and living God. Have a wonderful day. Many blessings. Until next time.